the honor on my part to be a part of this wonderful congregation. Jamel, Matt, I just want to let y'all know that you are doing a powerful work in the kingdom of God. A powerful work in the kingdom of God. And we are on the sidelines watching. We are watching. One of the ways that we participate is through giving. I reached in my pocket during giving. I gave everything I had. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't much in my pocket. <laughs> But I want to let you know, I want to let you know, but I'm willing to give. And let me say this to the um, congregation, uh, that part of our responsibility is to make sure that we encourage through giving. Well, we give because it is a reflection of God. For God so loved, he, he gave, he gave, he gave. Give your time, give your energy. This is a powerful work in the kingdom of God and you're just in your infancy the reason why I got to make this plain is because in your infancy that's when the enemy wants to attack the enemy wants to take you out so the enemy is not so much concerned about older saints because he got all the sin out of you that he wants <laughs> but he's concerned about your children if he can get your children, if he can get them, their heads and their hearts, that's why there is a constant competition from the world to seduce the heads and the hearts of our children. Just think about it. Just think about it. The sins we struggle with today as adults, we started when we were younger. Oh, y'all ain't praying with me. Just give me two or three real people. Two or three real people. So... So, so he's interested in your children. He wanted to attack you in your infancy. We got to make sure. We got to make sure that we lock heads, we lock arms, we lock hearts. Continue to pray a circle around your pastors. Pray a circle around their families. Make sure you do whatever you can to encourage them. Do whatever you can to encourage the growth of the body. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. And that takes us giving. Giving. We started more than conquerors with just a handful of people 15 years ago. But they, they embraced the concept of 100% giving. 100% giving. Now, we're not there. We're not there all the way. But I constantly reflect on the word of God that it is our responsibility to encourage one another by showing up. To encourage one another by working together. To encourage one another by giving of our resources so that the kingdom now survives. A hundred years from now, this church needs to be in a place where we're continuing to do ministry. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. It's not just for you. This is a generational seed you are planting, a generational blessing that you are giving to generations that come. Amen. I want to thank More Than Conquerors for joining me. More Than Conquerors, thank you so very much. We greet you with Jesus' joy from the More Than Conquerors Christian Church where our name is not just the name, it is who we are in Christ. We are? That's who we are. We were designed to be overcomers, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you are more than a conqueror in Christ. Amen.
Amen. Thank God so very much for my lovely bride who's here with me. Nell, go ahead and just wave your hand. That's the one who holds me down. Amen. Thank God for her. I don't want to be long um, before you, um, but there is a word to encourage you on this, your third anniversary. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Let me see. I want to begin reading at the 28th verse. Bear with me. Bear with me. I'm Luke chapter 9, 28. Very familiar story. Hear the word of the Lord. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, he did not know what he was saying. <laughs> While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, and a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely, it's, it scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I beg your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. Let me skip over to Mark. Skip over to Mark, the ninth chapter. Mark chapter 9. Verse 28 says this. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. Older manuscripts simply say prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. MTC, if you see them tipping out, it's only because they... 
we have a, a worship experience that they need to get back and, and start and establish, but I want to thank them so very much and thank you. With the help of your prayers and the aid of the Holy Spirit, I want to just teach and just talk to you around the subject always becoming, always becoming. When you look on Facebook, Facebook has what they call the 10-year challenge, the 10-year challenge. And many of you social media, social media experts, you already know about the 10-year challenge. 10-year challenge is simply where you take a picture of yourself now and then you have a picture of yourself 10 years ago to see if anybody could identify the changes. The people who are posting, you could hardly tell any changes. They still look the same as they did 10 years ago. People are getting likes and smiley faces. And if you scroll down in the comments, they saying how good you look. And they're celebrated because they have youthful looks. They're celebrated because they are young. What is it about our culture that we applaud being the same after 10 years? One of the reasons is that we live in a culture that celebrates youthful looks. We want to look young. We dye our hair so we can look young. We get surgery so we can look young. We invest in beauty products so we can look Young. We have spanks for both men and women so we can look young. We don't want to feel young because that requires diet and exercise. <laughs> that requires too much work. But we want to look young. And we are preoccupied with this proverbial fountain of youth, and as long as we look young and people say that we're looking young and we're getting likes and smiley faces, then we feel as if we have accomplished something. But not only, not only that, we also do it because we don't want to change. After 10 years, we want to remain the same. The reason why we don't want to change, we want to remain the same, is simply because change is hard. Change is hard, especially for adults. Kids can change real easily, but change is a cuss word for adults. In fact, while I'm preaching up here, you hear me say that you should add some change into your life. You swear I'm talking to the person next to you. And you thinking in your head, if only so-and-so was here. They need to hear this word. <laughs> the reason why we don't internalize it, because change is hard for us. It makes us uncomfortable. It invites pain. We don't want to change. We want to remain the same even after 10 years. Well, let me just suggest to you, if in fact you are in Christ and you are the same after 10 years, there's something wrong with your religion. 
there's something wrong with your relationship. There is a disconnect. Because the moment that Jesus entered in your life, he invited you to be a part of a continuum, to be a part of a process, to introduce change into your life so that you would not be in one place, but rather you would always be in the process of becoming. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the process of becoming. And I believe that's what this text right here is designed or tailored to teach us when you listen, when you read this particular story. The Bible says that Jesus goes up with Peter, James, and John with a small fellowship. They go up to the mountain to pray. The disciples fall asleep, and Jesus slips some time into eternity through prayer. Jesus wants to just have holy communion with the Father. Jesus wants some intimate time with the creator of the universe and the cosmos. Jesus wants to slip. He just wants to go back home. He was a little homesick, and he just wanted to go back home to be in the court where God now was sitting upon the throne, and Jesus as he does that, he begins to transform. The disciples were asleep, and when they had become fully awake, the Bible says that they seen what was going on, and they seen Moses there. You remember Moses? Moses is the legislator, the, the liberator, and the leader of the people of Israel. They seen Elijah. Elijah was the fiery prophet who was able to call down fire from on high. Yeah. Moses represented the law where Elijah represented the prophets. And all of them were transformed in their iridescent glow of God's glory. And here Jesus was among them standing. It was Moses, it was Jesus, and it was Elijah. Oh, what I would have given to be there. That must have been a one good worship service. You know the worship type of worship service where you just feel the music. And you just come out, you just shake your head. Man, they show did sing. And the preacher preaches. He ain't preach one of them dry, stale sermons. It was one of them sermons. Man, he show did preach. And your soul was on fire. Here they were. And Peter, Peter, Peter got caught up. Peter got caught up. And Peter said, hold up, hold up, man, wait a minute. It's good for us to be here. And somehow Peter transformed to a, from a disciple to a general contractor. He said, man, let me build three shelters. Uh, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you, Jesus. And the moment Peter opened his mouth, notice in parentheses the text said he ain't know what he was saying. But isn't that like Peter? Yeah, Peter never knows what he's saying, but he's willing to open his mouth. Peter going to jump in and get down. I ain't mad. I ain't mad because some of y'all, you don't know what you're talking about, but you show ready to put, open up your mouth. Yeah, uh, okay, I, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to that other church I was preaching at. <laughs> got a whole lot of people. You got a whole lot of comments to make, but you ain't putting in no work. The Bible says... Peter turns into a general contractor, and all of a sudden, God speaks. A cloud shows up. He couldn't, they couldn't see God, but they could hear God's voice. And simply, God simply said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Can I translate that for you? In other words, it says, shut up and listen to him. 
<laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard the audible voice of God, but if you've ever heard the voice, audible voice of God, I'm sure God is oftentimes telling us to shut up and just listen to him. Yeah, just, just, just be quiet. Just don't, don't be quiet with your worry. Be quiet with your concern. Be quiet with your fears. Just, just shut up and listen to him. In other words, just do what he says. Just do what he says. Be obedient to the word of God. And then cloud disappeared, and it was all over. And when you first read the text, you kind of miss everything what Peter was really saying. Let me, let me break down what Peter was saying. Uh, what Peter was saying is that Peter was giving a, a, a commentary of where the contemporary church oftentimes is, or a commentary where contemporary Christians find themselves. Peter said, let's build three structures. It's good for us to be here. Peter wanted to stay there in worship. Peter wanted to stay there and witness all of the marvelous things and hear them talking. Peter wanted to stay on the mountain. But the problem with that, my brothers and sisters, is that God never called us to stay on the mountain. Here are three things that Peter wanted. First thing Peter wanted, he wanted to stay safe. He wanted to stay safe. And I believe that's the challenge with contemporary Christianity, we want to stay safe. We don't want to take any risk. We don't want to move far from where we are. But faith is always a risk. You are always risking when you step out on faith. Faith is the ability to now call things that be not as though they were. You don't see it, but you just speak it in faith. People with faith are a little crazy. They're a little scary. They, they, they're a little off balance. They always saying, let's just do some stuff like move over to 1212 4th Street and begin the struggle. And there's always somebody with some sense in there with some with, think they got common sense. We don't need to do all that. Why we got to do all that? Well, the reason why is because they're stepping out on faith. Yeah, people who want to stay safe, they don't ever want to do anything. They want, they want little bitty blanky type Christianity. They want comfort zone Christianity. But whenever God calls you, he calls you now to step out and take a risk. And the question is, what risk are you willing to take for the kingdom of God? But not only did he want to stay safe, let me tell you what else Peter was saying when he said, let's build three shelters. He said Peter wanted to stay stationary. He wanted to stay stationary. He wanted to stay up on top of the mountain. That's why you build shelters. You build shelters so that you can stay someplace. He wanted to stay up on top of the mountain. Here's what you got to understand. that God never called you and I to stay stationary. He called us to be missionary. You should always be moving. Well, move where? Move outside of your comfort zone. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody in here to, today. Yeah. We, we, see, here's what you got to understand. You can't grow in your comfort zone. You can only grow in your courage zone. You got to be willing to step out of the comfortable and step into a place now where you know it had to be God. If you can do it, 
you don't need God. So God always invites you to a place where it has, you have to depend on him. Yeah, he, invite, he, he, he wanted to stay stationary. He wanted to stay safe. Can I give y'all one more? Here's what Peter was saying. Peter was saying that he was satisfied. I can just imagine. I've been at some of those worship experiences where you just feel the power and the presence of God and it's just, ooh, you can feel the tingly feeling in the, in the back and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And you'll be like, I'm satisfied. And the problem with you being satisfied is you settle. Because in your mind, you don't think it, it can get any better than this. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I'm, the, I'm talking to somebody, you've lost your zest, you've lost your zeal, you've lost your hunger. You're depending on the preacher to feed you when you're old enough to feed yourself. You ain't hungry no more. Yeah, the kingdom of God are for those who are hungry for more of God, hungry for salvation, hungry for transformation, hungry to make a difference, hungry to be a difference. See, when you're hungry, you do whatever it takes to eat. I know I'm talking to somebody. I ain't the only one who's been hungry, has gone days without eating. When you're hungry, you'll consider rummaging through garbage cans in order to just get you a little something to eat. Why don't you bring that same hunger into worship? Why don't you bring that same hunger into Bible study? Why don't you bring that same hunger to your marriage? I'm hungry for more. The problem with many of us, we just satisfied. Because we really don't think it could get any better than this. We've reached the plateau, and the problem with that is you settle. Ah, when you settle, the world begins to pass you by and leaves you right in the same place. Yeah, the Bible said that Peter didn't know what he was talking about. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that some of us are in that particular place. And if you're not, let me encourage you to never seek just to be safe, just to be stationary, or just to be satisfied. Because the moment that Christ called you, he called you to a continuum. He invited you to a process where you would always be in the process of becoming. You hadn't, if you singing in the choir, you hadn't sung your best song yet. If you playing an instrument, you haven't played your best notes yet. If you are preaching, you haven't preached your best sermon yet. If you are serving, you haven't given your best service yet because you're in the process of becoming. You just missed a good place to shout. The reason why you missed a good place to shout is because that means I don't care where I am right now, God still has more for me. God still has another chapter to write in my life. God still wants to do more in my marriage. God wants to do more with my children. God wants to take everything that I have and do with it when he fed the 5,000. He did, the Bible said when they fed the 5,000 and the boy came with the fish and the bread that Jesus blessed it, he broke it and he gave it away. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. God is going to bless you, break you, and then give you away. And everybody will be able to eat as a result of the blessing that comes to you and through you.
Here's the question. Here's the question I'm going to answer, then I'm through. Here it is. Because I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at the clock. I don't have that at my church. I'm looking at the clock. I'm glad I got a clock. We need a clock, Lawrence. We need a clock at the church. Here it is. Here it is. Why does God invite us to this continuum? Why does he invite us to this process for continually becoming? That's why you should never get too down on yourself. You should never be too depressed on, with your situation, your circumstance, because you're in the process of becoming. You should never be too high on yourself because you're in the process of becoming. You should never be too discouraged because you're in the process of becoming. Oh, don't be too prideful because guess what? You're in the process of becoming. Why does he invite us to this process of becoming? I believe the text is tailored to teach us these very clues. The first clue that I noticed why he invites us to the process of becoming is right there in the text. It is. It's, it's so we don't get stuck. Look at your neighbor say, don't get stuck. Okay, here it is. Can I, can I break it down? The word transfigure is the word in the Greek metamorph. Meta means change and morph means form. The disciples were asleep, but while, when they woke up, they seen Moses, Elijah, and Jesus metamorph before their eyes. He seen them to transform before their eyes. And I believe the reason why Jesus allowed them to see him metamorph is because Jesus was giving them a vision of what they were going to go through. Oh, y'all ain't praying with me in here. I believe that Jesus allowed the Shekinah glory that was on the inside of him to come out on the outside so that the glory could be seen so that they would know how he wanted them to be based on what was on the inside of them. Uh, oh, I'm preaching right here. Here it is. Here it is. Vision now is important. The reason why vision is important because you and I become what we see. Ah, poverty is dangerous because not because it's the lack of resources. Poverty is dangerous because you only see other impoverished things around you. So you think you can't be anymore. You think you can't do anymore because we become what we see. That's why the Bible says the people without vision, they perish. The word in the Hebrew perish literally means they run wild. The reason why they running wild is because that's the only thing they see. And you got to be careful when you look at your world, look at your life through the world's lenses. You got to look at your life through the word. See, when you look at your life through the word, it gives you a vision of who you are. The Bible says you are beautiful, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Quit calling yourself ugly. The Bible says greater is he that is within you than he that was in the world. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to cower or capitulate to anybody. Because what you got on the inside is more than what's on the outside. Every now and then you got to show them what you're working with. Oh, y'all ain't praying with me in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you get stuck when you can't see anything different. Metamorph, metamorph, change form. God wants you to metamorph. 
metamorph, to change form, to continue be in the process of becoming. Metamorph, to change form, to change form, to change your thinking, to change your address, to change your financial status, to change where you are. In fact, I know you know a little bit about metamorph because you change addresses. It wasn't about how you felt. It was about what God wanted to do through you. He gave you a bigger place because he's preparing the heads and hearts of those who are walking up and down the street and who don't know Jesus so that they can come in, but they cannot come in if the place is too small. Metamorph. <sighs> Some of us stuck. Some of us stuck. That's why I love, that's why I love, I love this church. I love this church because you said we're going to change. We're going to flip the script. It ain't just going to be about white culture. It ain't just going to be about black culture. It's going to be about kingdom culture. <sighs> okay, okay, okay. Clock, man, slow the clock down. Slow the clock down. So we are in the process of becoming so we don't get stuck, man. And if we're not careful, we'll get stuck. Because for some reason, we write our failures in stone and our successes in sand. So when the waves come crashing, we forget about our successes, but we remind, remember our failures. And we'll get stuck because that's all we see. Can I give y'all one more? Here it is. We are invited to the process of becoming not only so we can, don't get stuck, but so that we can administer the power of God. <sighs> they came off the mountain. And they were a day later. They came off the mountain and they were met with a crowd. A man comes whose son was having epileptic seizures. Notice what the man says. The man says that I went to the church, but the church couldn't cast them out. Here's what you got to understand, that real world problems need real power. Yeah, they don't need fake power, they need real power. And what the man was accusing the church of is false advertising. Here's what he's saying. They advertised that they had power. But when I showed up, they didn't have any power. And I wonder, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, maybe that's the reason why people don't want to come to church no more. Is because we advertise power, but because we don't want to change in the church, when they show up, we don't demonstrate the power that God... No, y'all ain't praying with me in here. You were designed to administer the power of God. And you got to understand, you can't administer the power of God in the same form you in. You got to be able to change so that you can handle the weights. Uh, that, that's the weight. That's what glory is. Glory is the weight of God. 
Glory is this presence, the fullness. So when people look at you like Moses coming off of the mountain, they should see the Shekinah glory all over you. When they hear you speak, they should hear the word of God speak through you. When you show up in the hospital, you should be ready to lay hands on them right now in the name of Jesus. Get up. When people come to you disheveled, distraught, and discouraged, you should say, in the name of Jesus come out ah, but the church could do nothing and I believe my brothers and sisters that's what God now has designed you and I to be the portable containers of his presence that's why he says you are the temples of the Holy Spirit ah, you didn't see it that way so that wherever you are God is yeah, you don't have to wait to bring him to church. You don't have to wait to bring him to Matt. You don't have to wait to bring him to Jamel. You ought to be able to pray for people right where they are. Because wherever you are, God is. You are the portable container of the Holy Spirit. So on your job, you can administer the power of God. Why are you at the beauty salon? Administer the presence of the power of God. Why are you at the barber shop? Administer the power and presence of God. Wherever you are, you now have the power to unleash on that situation and that circumstance. Ah. <sighs> One last one, then I'm gone. One last one. One last one. The reason why we're in the process of becoming is so we don't get stuck. The reason why we're in the process of becoming is so that we can administer the power of God. Let me, give you, let me give you the last one. The reason why, the reason why we're in the process of becoming is so that you can handle what's next. Here it is. Jesus, before they go up on the mount, said, yo, look, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm getting ready to die. Peter tries to step in and say, no, uh-uh, Lord. And then he got to check Peter then. Peter, get thee behind me. Satan, get thee behind me. Well, Peter always trying to hold something up. Well, and, and, and if we're not careful, we could be in the position of Peter. We could try to stop or try to minimize what God needs us to go through in order to get out of us what he placed in us. So, 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 so he goes up on the mountain transfiguration. Peter opens his mouth again. He comes down. Watch this. They come down. They come down. And now he again tells them, yo, look. Oh, why they up on the mountain? It was Moses and Elijah who told him, yo, look, he got to go suffer. He got to go suffer. Why, when he comes down, he said, yo, look, I got to go to Jerusalem and, and, and die. And the reason why we don't shout on this is because we want a religion that just gives us pleasure. In our opioid addicted culture, we want to just use religion as a stimulant to get us high. To take away all the pain. That we don't have any problems and we don't have any issues. In fact, we have cultivated a, a, a theology that if you got problems, somehow God isn't present. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Here's what you got to understand. As long as you on this earth, you're going to have some pain and you're going to have some problems. In fact, it's justification, it's sanctification, and it's glorification. I'm justified because of my right relationship with Jesus Christ. 
but then I'll be glorified. I'm going to be like him. He already gave me a glimpse of coming attractions. But watch this. In the sanctifying process, I got to go through some stuff. Suffering is part of the sanctifying process. Because the reason why you and I have to suffer is because he has to get out of us what he placed in us. Okay, y'all ain't praying with me. That's all right. Let me help y'all. Let me help you. I'm going to help y'all. Here it is. Here it is. Jesus was arrested. Jesus was taken captive. Watch this. In the Mount of Olives. Right there in the Mount of Olives, you had a press. That's where they took the olives off of the tree. They took it to the press and they crushed the olives in order to get the oil. When you get the oil, when you get the oil, the oil now can be taken to the marketplace and be sold in the marketplace. The oil was used for their bread. The oil was used to burn lamps. The oils had so much value. The oil was not, the, the, the value wasn't in the olive. The value was in the oil. In order to get the oil, you gotta crush Jamel, they ain't feeling me. That's all right. I'm getting ready to go to a place where they feeling me at MTC. Here it is. If God is ever going to get out of you what he placed in you, you got to be crushed. You got to go through some crying nights. You got to go through some painful moments. You got to go through some excruciating times. You got to wrestle with through conflict and conversation. But watch this. You don't ever have to do it in despair because he had already showed them that even though I'm going through this three days later I'm going to get up. Yeah. Three days they're going to crush me. But crushing me doesn't mean I'm dead. He just needs to get out of me what he placed in me. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You thought the pain that you was experiencing is coming from the demonic. No, that ain't the devil this time. That's God trying to get the best out of you. He placed in you his Shekinah glory, the power and his presence. In order to get it out of you, you got to go through some things. You wouldn't know how to praise God if you never had a problem. You wouldn't know how to lift your hands if you hadn't suffered a little while. You wouldn't know how to lift his name. That's why you a little, look a little crazy. That's why you look a little strange because you've been through too much or you just missed your place to shout. You hear what I said? I said you've been through. That means you started on one end and somehow God brought you out on another end. I can't believe you've been here three years. The reason why I can't believe it because I've seen you where you started. But God had already preordained for you to come through trials, through struggle, through financial pitfalls, through anxiety, through depression, through fearful and frightful moments. Touch your neighbor and say, don't just judge me where I'm at because I'm coming through. I may be right here right now, but watch what God does for me on the other side of this. Let me close right here. Let me close right here. Here it is. I learned about the process of metamorphosis when I was in third grade. 
You remember in third grade, they used to let you bring the little animals to school. They let you bring the little hamster to school, and you would always come in, you want to feed the pets. Well, we had some caterpillars, some hairy little caterpillars, and we would all come in, we would look at the caterpillars. And the caterpillars would be crawling up the little stick that was in there. The caterpillars would be all hairy and ugly looking. But we would always go and just look at the caterpillars. One day we came in and there were no more caterpillars. But there were these cocoons that they formed. And they were inside the cocoon. Inside the cocoon is dark. Inside the cocoon is lonely. Inside the cocoon, I bet it was a little stale and a little musty inside the cocoon. And every day the teacher said, just wait. You're going to see something fantastic. Every day we would come in and we would look to see what was going on. One day we seen the cocoon moving. Yeah, that dark, that stale, that musty place, that lonely place. We seen the cocoon moving. And then the next day we came in, all of a sudden there was no cocoon. There was a butterfly. And the beautiful butterfly stretched its wings. Here's what you got to understand is that hairy little caterpillar now became a beautiful butterfly but it could not become a butterfly until it went through the struggle in the cocoon. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You in your cocoon stage. You gotta struggle a little bit. It's dark, it's lonely, it's musty in here. You don't wanna be in here, but just keep on. If you just hold on a little while, You'll come out on the other side and you'll be a beautiful butterfly. Here's the beauty about the butterfly. The caterpillar was now reserved to just stay on the ground. The caterpillar was reserved to stay in one position. But the butterfly, the butterfly could land on the ground and take off again. Because now he had wings. That's why I love the fact that he's metamorphosizing you because at one time you were only relegated to one position. Now in Christ, you are able to just take two wings and now fly. That's why the Bible says those that wait on the Lord shall mount up on wings like eagle. They shall renew their strength. And they will not run and get weary. They shall walk and not get faint. They will now begin to fly over their challenges. Wait a minute, Lawrence. Here it is. Sometimes you got to outrun your problems. Other times you just got to take a slow, cool walk in front of your problems. But there's other times that you got to take two wings and you now got to fly above petty people, fly above petty arguments, fly above crippling situations and circumstances. If you just take two wings, God has changed you so that you can soar, so that you can fly. So that you can be more than what you ever thought you could be. Now that you know that you know that you know. That you now are in the process of becoming. 
you ought to celebrate and thank God because guess what I may look like a hairy little caterpillar today but when I come through the struggle when I come through the pain when the light of his love pierced the darkness of my situation I will come through as pure gold gold that shines gold that's precious gold that has a lasting impact on the world around us somebody ought to thank God because you are becoming who God wants you to be when God when Jesus saved you he invited you to a continuum a process where you will always be in the process of becoming you hadn't sang your best song yet you hadn't preached your best sermon yet. You haven't given your best offering yet. God is going to bless you in such a way that you're going to reveal his glory. How oh, that just blows my mind. That he saved me so that then I watch this. I could administer his power to the people who desperately need it. And no matter what comes next in my life, watch this, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can deal with people criticizing me. I can deal with when fear threatens me. I can deal when people want to take my joy because I'm in the process of becoming. I don't know who I'm talking to under the sound of my voice. Y'all listen to this crazy preacher holler all this time. And the only thing I'm trying to articulate to you is that the transfiguration was not about us just knowing that Jesus was divine. It's about us knowing who we are in the process of becoming. He gave them a glimpse of the glory that's to come in and through your life. You are so valuable to the kingdom. You are so valuable to the kingdom that Jesus went to hell to get you. And when he came up out of hell, the Bible said he gave you back to the body as gifts. You are a gift. You are a gift. This church is a gift to our community. And if you just stop looking through the lenses of the world and start looking through the lenses of the word of God, you will see how powerful you truly are. I thank God for this opportunity to encourage you and I pray in some small way that I've given back to you you are so valuable to the kingdom Matt you are valuable to the kingdom God wants to do so much in you and through you your wife is valuable to the kingdom 
God wants to do so much in you and through you. Jamel, you are valuable to the kingdom. Your wife is valuable to the kingdom. This place isn't by happenstance. It's by God's divine providence. If you are here, God made an appointment on your calendar to be here. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What you shall, watch this, become. There's so much that God wants to do in and through your life. And I wait with tiptoe anticipation to see how many thousands of people are going to come to Christ through you. But wait a minute how that one person is going to come to Christ and they're going to be the one who touched thousands of people because of you. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you. We want you to give your life to Christ today. Don't wait. Don't wait. Your moment is now. Your best days are ahead of you. But if you continue to put off for tomorrow what you can do today, you miss out on what God wants to do in and through you. As the pastor comes, we're going to ask you to give your life to Christ. This is a great place to serve. This is a great place to minister. Won't you become a part of this congregation so that God now can do great things in and through your life. God bless you.